initiated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. We're here for another episode. There's lots going on in the sports world. The NBA playoffs are going on. Um, the NBA draft, or that, sorry, the NFL draft started last night. Um, it's a lot of fun things going on. How are you doing, Kailash? I'm good, man. I'm I'm happy. We had a good win yesterday. Boston in six. It shouldn't have been six, but we'll move on to the second round regardless. Yeah, we're yeah. Let, so I guess for this episode, we'll do a, kind of like a playoff update. Um, most of the first round series here are over, so we'll go over that. We'll talk a little bit about the series and also the losing team. And then we'll go on to, I think the only series that are not done is the Grizzlies-Lakers and Warriors-Kings. I guess we'll touch on those series as well. Um, We obviously don't know who it is at the time of recording, but we wanted to get out a podcast before the second round officially starts. Um, So let's get into it. Uh, I mean, let's start on a fun note. Um, We could talk about probably the most shocking result here, uh, which is the Miami Heat actually end up taking down the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Um, I don't know. I mean, just giving my general thoughts on the series, this is like an insane collapse by the Bucks. Although it's hard to really blame Giannis because he did miss pretty much two or three of the games. Then when he came back, he really didn't look the same. Um, but I still give insane credit to the Miami Heat and especially Jimmy Butler. I think he's shown that when the playoffs come around, he can elevate to like a top five, top three level player. And he can just carry a team um, with him and Spolstra combined. Like Spolstra is good enough to come up with a defensive game plan to at least make life difficult on the other team. And then offensively, it's just Jimmy Butler really carrying the load. But I mean, they had other great uh, like moments from, you know, like Caleb Martin. Uh, what's his name, dude? I forget his name. Uh, Gabe Vincent uh, and a little bit of Kyle Lowry, too. But I mean, I- I'm it's still shocking that the Heat actually won this series. but. Here we are. They're one of the first teams to advance to the second round. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is easily the biggest shock of the playoffs. Probably the biggest shock and maybe I would say like a while, right? Like a one seed. One seed being a 58-win team this season. And yeah. the eight seed, which uh, like, I think we've all said like they can be a problem for many teams. But I don't think anyone expected like the eight seed to win. Because again, they were the seventh seed who lost a play-in after a pitiful performance game which I, none of us saw coming, and uh, they ended up dropping to the eighth seed. And, like, we knew Miami would cause the Bucks some problems, but no one ever expected a full-on win. And I, I agree with you, Raj. Like, I would say the injury was an impact for sure, but I, can, I, I think you can take... If any team in the league was a one seed and they didn't have their best player, I think they should pretty handily handle an eighth seed. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean... Dude, I don't know. Like, see, there, people are talking about this, like, as the greatest upset, like, ever. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard for me to really, like, I think this this series did expose a lot of issues for the Bucks, especially on the coaching front. Like, dude, I don't know what the heck Mike Budenholzer was doing this series. Like, there were so many adjustments that, like, fans were calling out. And he's, like, and he, like, doesn't think of them. So that's like when you kind of have to question the coaching. Um, just going back to that last game on that one Jimmy Butler play, like I don't know how Brooke Lopez is not in the game on like a potential game winning, like to protect something at the rim, especially when you have that much time left. Like you have to be thinking about that. Like, I don't know. To me, it's like it's like very, very poorly coached. I would probably put his blame like the most out of anyone in this series. Um, I don't know. I think it's on him. Like if you're like you have the players like 
like there are players on this team that have won a championship. Like if they're struggling or they're like doing something wrong, like it's on the coach to settle them down. And I, I thought there were so many opportunities, especially in the one that the Heat won at home, the last one. Like he's just really bad with his timeouts too. Like I don't get why he's not calling a timeout when the Heat are like going on a run. Like he's just kind of like letting it happen. And then there was like no decision to like double team Jimmy Butler and just commit to doubling him. Like they just kind of let Drew Holiday go on him. And like it just obviously didn't work. I thought it was like really, really poor adjustments by Mike Budenholzer. I think the worst thing that could have happened for the Bucks was the Hawks making the conference finals two years ago. Which gave the chance to, for the Bucks to get to the finals. And I mean, regardless if they won or not, I think just that year they but like saved Butter's job. Because we're talking about a team that 2020 lost to the Heat in the second round. 2019 was the one seed and lost to the Raptors. Uh, 2022 lost in the second round again. You know, so they haven't had much success. And I think it's been apparent that Coach Bud hasn't been a good coach. But I think obviously winning the championship, but at least just getting to the finals was at least something that saved his job. And then they he, they put him in the tier of, oh, okay, he's just a championship coach, championship experience. But I don't think he had anything to do with the championship. I just think Giannis is a top 10 player of all time. And he was the one that carried all of that. So, yeah, um, yeah like all the adjustments. Like, I think, like, just their inability to throw a, a double team at Jimmy. Like, um, and, and Brooke Lopez's fault is because it's the same thing that the Celtics are able to attack is Brooke Lopez and the Bucks defense isn't good when you're able to pull him out, right? So the problem is when you have a center like Bam, like, uh, he can't shoot. So usually Bam will stay down there and Brooke can stay down there. So like, that's why it, it'll be like defense is good. But what they were doing differently, Miami, I suppose a genius, they basically made Bam the point guard. As in a yeah. sense, like, he, he would get the ball in the start of the play and he'd be like, passing it around that pulled Brooke out of the play. And then the, the paint was wide open and they just couldn't make adjustments after that. Because like, I feel like there's so many adjustments you, you made from that. Like you said, fans are pointing it out and they just didn't, which is just crazy to me. I agree. And I don't know, like while, uh, you know, while he like, there's, I don't know. I, to me, like this team just seems like pretty like traditionally built. Like I know like Giannis is like one of one and yeah, he's like one of the top players of all time. Like I agree with you for sure. And, like, his championship run was insane. But, like, I don't know, man. I feel like in the modern day, like, you have to be flexible and able to, like, play, like, small, you know, if you want. And I just, like, don't really think, like, their their roster is that flexible, which I think, like, burned them in some cases like this. Because instead of, like, turning to, like, some small ball lineup or something else that could work, they kind of were just forced to play, like, their traditional, like, sense because that's just, like, their best players. Like, they can't. They don't have, like, a lineup that they can trust out there that they put with, like, small ball. And, like, I think they're definitely missing, like, a few wing, like, a wing. But I don't know. Just for all these problems to rear its head against, like, the Heat, which makes no sense because the Heat have all these issues too, right? Like, the Heat need, like, more wings who can play, like, both ways. The Heat need, like, I don't know, like, more. The Heat need, like, a lot of things, but they still, like, manage to beat the Bucks. So, I don't know, man. This is insane. It's I, I was, like, in shock. Like, I couldn't believe what I was watching. But I mean, I give I give respect to Jimmy Butler, man. He had like one of the great, like probably like one of the best performances I've seen, like in the first round from in terms of like a carry perspective. Like he just went insane, dude. I think up until game four, I wasn't surprised by any of the results. I was kind of the series I expected two one. Yeah, maybe like okay, Miami, like they're playing good. We honestly injured. Okay, that's fine. Game four is a game you have to win, and they were up fifteen in the fourth quarter in Miami. Case closed, and their crunch time offense is non-existent, man. And this has been a thing for a while, though. Like for the Bucks, like their crunch time offense, 
if you take away game six of the finals, they've never had crunch time offense. It's always been like, okay, Middleton, go do something. Because Giannis can't score on his own, right? Which is where the whole yeah. Batman Robin narrative came from. Because like <laughs> it's never it's, it's never Giannis scoring in the fourth, which is true. Like when when the game gets when the game gets close and the defenses are like up in you, like Giannis can't score. That's always been a thing. He always gets his points in the first three quarters, the fourth quarter where he he, just, he can't get it. That's where Milton comes in. But then I think the difference was last in uh, the finals run is like Bobby Porter stepped up. Other guys are stepping up in that series. In this series, yeah, no one else stepped up. It was all Middleton, right? And he can't do everything on his own. And, like, that became an issue in the fourth quarter of game four. So, like, what Jimmy did was very, very impressive. But if they just got, if they just made two baskets, that game is over. Same thing in yeah. game five. They make one basket, that game is over. You know, and they just couldn't get anything. That, that, the offense they were running in the end of game five was just like, all right, Giannis just running, running, running. And he couldn't get anything going. And, like, the Heat stepped up their defense. And this is, mind you, without Tyler Hero. Without Victor Oladipo, without and in Game Five, Bam fouled out, Kevin Love fouled out, Kyle Lowry fouled out. <laughs> so you have a team of what, like Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Gabe Vincent. I don't Caleb even know who Martin. else is on the court. Caleb Martin. Yeah, no, but but even when Bam and uh, Bam was out, I don't even know who they put in. Maybe Bro, High they Smith played some other dude. Like I, I don't even High Smith. His name. I think probably. Yeah, High Smith. Yeah, I was yeah. like. What the and the 58-win team couldn't beat the Heat. And, like, this, these upsets happen a lot. But, like, bro, uh, th- the media especially, a lot of them had, like, the Bucs winning the championship, Bucs winning the championship. There's a huge gap between the Bucs and every other team. I don't know. I never saw that. I never saw the difference. But I think we were, I think a lot of the Heat were able to open a lot of people's eyes nowadays. Dude, the lack of their composure for, like, being a championship-winning team, like, makes no sense. Like, dude especially like i forget when it was i think it was like the heat had scored wait which i forget the order of what happened i think someone either hit a three or someone had a layup and then the bucks like inbounded the ball and like i think kyle lowry like basically stole it from someone and then like it went the other way or something and i remember that being a huge turning point and then like i don't know this made me think about like the uh like the play-in game between like the thunder and the pelicans right and then, like, on one hand, like, you're, like, the Thunder, right? They're, like, the youngest team in NBA. I remember, like, Brandon Ingram, like, shoots, like, a three and puts them in, like, within, like, one point or something. And then within, like, half a second, the Thunder, like, already inbounded the ball to Shea. And, like, within 2.2 seconds, you're, like, Shea is already shooting at the free throw line on the other side. Then, like, I'm just comparing that to, like, yesterday. And I'm, like, bruh. Like, how is this team win a championship <laughs> like two or three years ago? And they couldn't figure that out, like, just to, like, inbound, like, figure out how to get, like, a clean inbound off and, like, at least shoot free throws or something. Like, I don't know. That moment, like, just really stuck out to me because I remember, like, that moment and thinking, like, dang, like, how the hell are the Thunder so composed for being, like, a young team? And then, like, I just, like, contrast that to, like, the bu- the Bucks, And I'm like, dude, this makes no sense. Like, this should not be happening. Because the they, Bucks they just, like, aren't used shit. to... They're not used to crunch time. Do you remember, the, like, 2018, 2019, these seasons, how the Bucks they come close to 60 wins? Do you remember yeah. how the game was always over by the end of the third quarter? Like, it was like a yeah, 20-point game yeah. and a third. So, they, they never got used to the fourth quarter. So, that's why they, like, when it came in the playoffs, it was an issue. Like, 2021 happened, whatever. They got through it. Maybe it was a fluke, whatever it was. But it's the same kind of dominant Bucks team we've seen this year also. I know they've had their struggles, but they haven't had that many clutch games or like close games. It's been a game that's pretty much over with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. So, they haven't had much experience. So, they've, they've, they've been able to avoid having to face that crunch time offense. And yeah, it's it's very surprising. Like a team like the Thun- Thunder, who like this is their first playoff, at least sniff of it, uh, versus a team that's won a championship. Like has it's a huge difference, and a lot of that is coaching, man. 
Like, yeah, you have to be able to compose your team, call a timeout. Like, it's like your team is an identity of your coach, right? In some aspect. Then, like, if your coach isn't a composed or like, like, Bud looked flustered out there. He just didn't know what was happening. Like, and you could tell for like when he wasn't calling timeouts, he's like, uh, uh, uh. Like, you know, he's just looking around like, bro, 0.5 seconds with the ball. You have to talk call timeout. You can move the ball and just throw in the lob to Giannis. Who knows what happens, right? Yeah. Like, just stuff like that. Like, he, he literally looked, did that earlier this year. They won games like that. Yeah. So, yeah, and that play you're talking about, like, uh, Holiday makes two feet, throws 14 seconds left. They're up four. Okay, like, 14 seconds left in the game. You're, you, should, you should win that game, like, most likely. I think their odds at that point were 95%. Gave Vincent pull up three. Okay, cool. Now you're up one. Now, this is the issue we're talking about. They inbound the ball. That's where they're so, like, uh, like not composed. That's where you call a timeout. Call a timeout, move the ball off the floor. But they inbound the ball, full court. Kyle Lowry almost gets a steal, and it should have been a steal. But they call foul. Ended up being a jump ball. And then I think uh, like Giannis, Giannis throws the ball away because he's scared. Yeah, because he's he didn't want to throw fouls. free throws because he already missed. I think eleven free throws are at that point in the game. Yeah, that's another yeah. issue, man. How can you close with Giannis if he's that poor of a free throw shooter? Like I don't know if the back is playing a role into it, but this is just like questions going forward, right? Like you, you have to be able to shoot free throws, bro. Especially if you're the best player on the team. Like if you can't shoot free throws, like how can you close the game? How can you like if you're in the lead, like they're just gonna foul you. At least don't be afraid to shoot free throws because, like, yeah. well, you're becoming Ben Simmons. Like, he won't drive the ball because he doesn't want to get fouled. Yeah, like, this is yeah. where your career is going. You don't want to drive the ball. Like, there are many uh, plays in the fourth yeah. quarter where he didn't want to drive and you were just pulling up, you know? And, yeah. like, yeah, and, and then, um, so, the so yeah, the, what I was saying? So, yeah, it was a one-point game, and then uh, Drew misses one free throw, and then that's when the whole crazy Jimmy alley-oop layup at that point happened. And I think when overtime started, I think just like the Bucks were just mentally defeated and the Heat just took over at that point. And they still had a chance to win that game. And like somehow the ball ended up with in Grayson Allen's hands and they didn't even get a oh, shot. Oh man, that was so sad, dude. Like you just see everyone running from the moment, dude. Like Giannis had it. He like he took one wrong turn, met Jimmy Butler. Once he felt Jimmy Butler's contact, Giannis just passed it up. He's like, nah, I can't go through this. <laughs> and then like Chris Middleton like makes a move. He had a jumper. He passes that up. Grayson Allen had like two, three s- spots where he could have just taken a jumper. They all pass it up. I don't know. To me, that's like yeah, it's really poor. That's another situation where they should have called a timeout. I don't know. That was that was really poor. But I don't know, man. Going forward, I I wouldn't like really view them as like a strong threat. I mean, I know like because they just have like one Giannis on their team. There's, like, any given year if he's, like, completely healthy and he's just, like, on top of his game, obviously he can carry them. But I don't know, man. Like, I don't think you could view them as, like, a perennial contender just because, like, I don't know, Middleton and Drew Holiday. Like, I don't know how good they are as, like, role players. Like, especially Drew Holiday, man. Like, this season he was an all-star, dude. He's, like, mid-20 points per game. Like, he was, like, they voted him an all-star because he, he was going ham on offense. Like, he was hitting step-back threes. He was, like, cooking on offense, like, most of this year because they didn't even have Middleton a lot. And I was like, dang, like, if Drew, this is the Drew Holiday we're getting, then maybe they could win again. But then, I don't know, like, offensively, he just, like, pretty much disappeared in this series. Like, he couldn't really get any bucket unless he, like, drove to the hoop and did that weird, like, pump fake thing that he does. And then, like, other than that, like, his, even his defense, like, fell off. So then it's like, what is the purpose of playing him? And I don't know. This is like a tough team. I mean, we we can once we get to the Clippers, I think we'll talk about like the CBA rules more. But like that goes into effect July 2023. So by the next year, like their their options are going to be so restricted as to what they can do to improve the team. But 
Yeah, we, we can talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, um, I don't even know how you fix this team. I mean, like fix as in like you're you're gonna be a contender because you have Giannis, but yeah. like. And I think for the for a while it was always Milwaukee on a separate tier, Milwaukee Boston his own tier, whatever it was, right? For the last couple of years, now I think like you have have a talk depending on how Boston and Philly do in the playoffs like next year. Um, I think Boston and Philly might have separated themselves. You know, like I don't know if you can throw Miami into that. I mean, in Milwaukee into that same like their separate tier. You know, because like it's very they, they, we've shown we they've they've been exploited and. Before Drew Holiday, they were exploited before that. They got Drew, and then now they figured it out. They figured out the team with Drew. So I feel like it has to be some with, with something with like a Middleton trade because like not to be honest, like he is the best player in the NBA. But like just shore up that bench and like start looking into other pieces you can get from Middleton and Drew. And the problem is like Middleton's value was like destroyed from the last couple of seasons. And like you said, with the whole CBA rule and Middleton making all his money, Drew making all his money, yeah. like it's not looking good for them at all, man. Like, I feel like Giannis, like, it's so good that he got the ring. Because if he didn't, like, he's entering, he's going to be entering Dame territory soon. Like, having to just carry a team that isn't that good around him. Yeah, I agree. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we've uh, pretty much hit on everything about the Bucks here. Um, But, I mean, this is a good series, so I'm, I'm happy to talk about it a little bit more. Um. Do you want to go on to the uh, Celtics Hawks? Um, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this one because I don't know. I guess out of all the te- oh, once I saw like the Bucks were starting to collapse, I was like, "Dang!" Like this is like Boston's opportunity. Like if they win this in like five or four games, then I feel like they can just declare themselves like, "Yeah, like you know, we're the team here that like everyone should be afraid of. Like we're hungry for the title." I'm. I remember you talking about this too, and you even said that yeah, if it goes to like six games, it just shows me that they're not hungry. And, like, I think we both, like, you know, I guess me and you both had them in five. Like, we knew there would be one game where Trey Young would do his bullshit. And he definitely did uh, in that game five. <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know. I-, I think, like, it's good that they won this series. Like, I don't think the Hawks were really threatening to win this series, even though it seems close because they only lost by, like, eight points. But still, I mean, I guess you would want to see them try to wrap this up earlier so that they can be more fresh for the later rounds. Like, I know they're going to be playing the Sixers next, who they've beaten, but the Sixers, like, wrapped up that series, like, so long ago, it feels like. I know Embiid isn't fully healthy, but still, I think you'd want to see a little bit more just domination and, like, you know, like, aptitude of just trying to take care of business. But I guess we didn't really see that, but the series is still over and the Celtics are still advancing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think... uh, I do agree with you. I don't know how much i can trust this team if they don't close this house in, in four or five and like it's coming to the point where I, I think the celtics might be winning every series in six where they lose one game because the team just wins and they lose another game where it's their own fault and we're trying to avoid that game where it's their own fault because it shouldn't be happening because i still believe like going to the playoffs the only team that can beat the celtics is the celtics like it, they're gonna be their own demise and we saw it again in the hawks series the hawks are a very respectable opponent i think the first two games, like it were two blowouts. Game three, that's the win. That's the win that the road team always wins. Game four, the Celtics put out their muscle and they won the game. And that's where you, that's where like the better team wins three one series. Game five is where like all right, like you close it out and that's it. And we've seen other teams in the league close it out. The the Suns, the Nuggets, um, the 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 Cavs. Oh, sorry, the Knicks. Um, so but Boston didn't. It was their own fault. Like I, I know Trey went off, but it's. 
10 point lead with five minutes left you that's a game you close out and they did and they didn't they choked it out and they had to go back to atlanta and force and uh play game six and win that i mean all right regardless they're moving on but like it's still like you can't have this happen because last season you had two series that went seven games that shouldn't have gone seven games milwaukee should have been over in six max miami should have been over in five six max you know and by the time you got to the playoffs you were exhausted so that's what we're trying to avoid, you know, and you don't want to be exhausted if you get to the finals and have to face a Suns team who's only played maybe like 14 games compared to the 20 games you've played, you know. So that's what you yeah. want to avoid going forward. So I hope they can figure it out. Like, I feel like, uh, I mean, we'll preview this, the Sixers series, but like, credit to the Hawks, man. Like, they played a lot better than I expected. They have a good thing working there. I don't think the trade DeJounte thing works out really well, honestly. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan. Of, like, I don't think DeJounte had a good year this, this year at all. He just wasn't impactful in the series at all. Besides just whatever. He had the numbers. Didn't mean he had impact. Um, especially like the game six, he didn't have any impact or the numbers. So I feel like, like, I think Trey is fine if you just put the right pieces around him. And they have, they have a couple of good pieces. I just don't know if this, this whole experiment worked out. Yeah. And then, I don't know. Like, I guess the wrong set, like, I don't know. They went in for like, I think they just like made too many trades like too early, um, because I don't know like when they got care when they went to like the Eastern Conference Finals that one year, like the main people producing on their team were like thirty year old veterans, right? It was like Gallinari, um, like Capella. I forget like all these other people who they had. I forget who else they had on that one, but it was just like these like older veterans, and it's just like okay, dude, like these guys are, you know, these guys are like the reason you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But just because you got there doesn't mean like you're ready to make like some sort of consolidation trade. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, I think their talent is through the roof, honestly. I just like don't really like like their play style, if that makes sense. I feel like there's like so many instances where they have like a one read offense, right? Like they just like try like one thing on offense, like pick and roll or whatever. And then if that doesn't work, then they just like kick it out, and then that guy's like immediately taking a shot. Um I feel like their offense could look like a lot better for the amount of talent that they have on there. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's not the worst place to be in. Cause I think like if you're the Hawks, you could like probably get into the playoffs like most of the years, as long as you have like Trey Young and like some sort of competent players around him, you just like, I don't know. I guess you have to keep, keep filtering like these role players and try to get like better ones. And I don't know, like we saw some stuff, like I know they always try to trade like John Collins, but I thought he was pretty good in this series. Um, Onyeka Okongwu had like some good moments. I think you just want to see like these younger players like Okongwu and like I forget uh, Jalen Johnson. I think he got some minutes too. I forget how good he was, but I think like, you want to see more from those guys. And like ideally, like those guys should become like you know your second, third, fourth best players, and then you can think about like how to move forward from there. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel with the whole Dejounte thing, the Dejounte trade? I mean, I don't know. I think I, I agree with you in that. I think like he ha like he puts up the numbers, but like I don't really know what his impact is. I guess like in theory, he sh he should be like pretty good on this team. Um, I mean, I saw like some instances like when he like locks in defensively, and then you see like, oh man, like yeah, like this is like this is the main reason. Like everyone forgets like he was like a really good defender before, just because I guess like I don't know the last couple years on the Spurs like he was scoring a lot, and everyone was like looking at his offense, but like that's like the main reason you want him there. So in my opinion, I don't think it's like the worst trade. I think they do they did give up like way too much for him. I wouldn't give up that much for him, but he's not like a bad piece to have there. I think like they just need to figure out how to make the offense work a little bit better with him and like just their team in general, dude. That's what I would say. 
Yeah, I think also 2021 was a bad thing for this team as well. Like, they thought they were, I guess, a contender. Yeah. And, like, they clearly aren't. And they made the trade for DeJounte. And, like, um, that, like I think I pointed out in the, the preview, there were a team that didn't go two games over, two games under 500 all season. They were a 500 team all season. And yeah. they they played like it for the first three, four games of the season, uh, of the series. But they, they they made it hard for the probably the best team in the NBA. They made, yeah. they made them work, and like that's, I think that's that's very good. Like, I, you know what the difference is? I think it's like the the coaching change. I think with Nate, they weren't that good, and I think with I think Snyder got hired like in February or March. So yeah. obviously, it's gonna take it's gonna take the t- the team some games to get it going. I think they probably got it going in the season, and then they got it going in the playoffs. So I think Quinn Snyder is the right coach for this team, right coach for Trey. He lets Trey be Trey a lot more than other coaches would. He's able to cover the defensives, the defensive liabilities that other coaches couldn't. And like I think if uh, they have something to work with with Trey, like I, guess, like I said, with the pieces and like have another secondary score with Trey, like again. That name always floats out there, Bradley Beal. He would work on a lot of teams, but I think Bradley Beal would work nice here. Maybe it's even Jalen Brown. Maybe. I don't know. Jalen Brown might free agent next year. Maybe it might be Jalen, too. So, I mean, also he would work, too. But I think moving yeah. forward, like I, I think they have uh, – uh, they've impressed me. I think they have a good shot at being like, – like a good playoff team next season. Yeah. DeJounte Murray going to be a Celtic, man. Are you <laughs> – Hell no, bro. He's coming Please back in that no. trade, dude. <laughs> nah. Give me – give me – uh. I'd rather take like Kevin Huerter and like Deion Kevin Huerter's on the Kings, bro. No. Oh yeah, yeah wait. Uh, no, 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 what, what? I meant uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, give oh Bogdanovich yeah, I like Bogdanovich. Yeah, I'd rather take him and Jalen Johnson or something. Bogdanovich but um, and John Collins. What about John Collins? Hell no, bro. That's like the, the, <laughs> the, the worst contract in NBA history. He, his impact was—he didn't have any impact in the series. I don't think—I don't even think he scored more than ten points in any game of the series. Like, I think get, no, game five, he was good, bro. I think he scored like 10 points in a row before Trey came in and then scored like the last like 14 points. That was like the only thing I remember he did. That's how little of impact he had because he did that and I still don't remember any of that. <laughs> that's, that's how bad he was. I'm the... Yeah, the 22 points, I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Like, it's just a player like that. I don't think this is the team for him. Like, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, like, I, I, I think I Trey... Why? Like, he's just been in trade rumors for, like, the past four years, bro. Like, they signed him to a contract, ex- like, an extension, and he's still in trade rumors. I just, like, feel bad. Like, bro, it probably feels like he's, like, not wanted. Or he probably feels like that. I think Dallas actually might be good for him. Um, but how do you feel about the Celtics letting it go to six? Uh, I mean, I don't know. To me, it just makes it feel like everything is, like, way more wide open than we originally thought it would be. Like, yeah. I remember you were the one saying, like, earlier that you're, like, oh, like, you were saying, like, oh, even though right now it seems like it'll be runaway Bucks celtics like, Eastern Conference Finals, but you're, like, I think you were the one that says, like, oh, it doesn't end up working out that way. It never works out that way. One, one of the teams is going to choke, like, because uh, we can even go back to the last couple of years. Uh, 2022, we expected War- Warriors Suns. One of them choked. So it was the Suns. Yeah. 2021 was... Uh, I guess you could no, it was uh Bucks Sixers, right? You could say Bucks Sixers, the Sixers were the one seed. Sixers yeah. choked. 2020, we were expecting Lakers Clippers. Uh, we yeah, didn't really know yeah. about that collapse. 2019, we're expecting was it uh who's in the West? The Warriors and uh yeah, okay, maybe just the last couple of years because I, I feel like Warriors Blazers. Yeah, um who was who do the Warriors beat? They beat Houston. But who was the one seed that year in the West? I don't even remember. 
I'm just trying to. Oh, yeah, so oh, 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 okay. Yeah. The Warriors, Rockets, and the Nuggets, Trailblazers. Okay, yeah, Trailblazers are three seed. Okay, yeah, let's just say the last four, five, four years or so. It's just like the teams you expect to make or be in the conference finals, whatever it is, it just usually doesn't happen because I don't know something just goes awry. And again, like it could have very easily been both teams this season, and uh, it was the Bucks. So yeah, yeah, I expected more of a second round loss from one of these teams than the other way around, than a first round loss. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think the Celtics are very happy they don't have to see the Bucks. I would say. Word. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think I think that's like a pretty big advantage for the Celtics. Um, the only thing is, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it'll still be somewhat of a grind, though, because like, I don't know, going against like the either like my like, obviously, they're going to face like either if they win the second round, they'll face like Miami or the Knicks. I feel like facing either of those teams is going to be like just like hella grueling like i would still take the celtics to win that but i just think it'll be like really like grueling it's like i don't know that's something to like keep an eye on like oh like how tired do they appear like during these like future series like is there like a couple of games that we can identify that like oh bro like they just like got gassed and they just like lost because of that and then like that's like the things like you don't know that that's like the only thing that i would like keep an eye on on that team yeah exactly because like if you let every series go a game longer than it should be like i said you're yeah. in the finals playing three extra games than you shouldn't have been. And that was your reasoning last year. You, you Your excuse was, oh, yeah, we were too tired against the Warriors. Well, because yeah. it was your own fault. You let every season go then longer than it should be. Exactly, yeah, this team, yeah. this team just makes the habit of making everything harder than it should be. But one thing I will say is when it matters the most, like, these guys step up. Like, when the back's against the wall, every single time they've proven it. You know, Jason, Jalen, and Marcus Smart, they've proven it time and time again. So... True. I know, yeah. I mean, going forward, I still think like they're like the very clear favorites. Like I think like they're at minus odds versus the rest of the league. I think they should be. I think they are the favorites. Um, they should win it all. But like, again, like I think the only thing that's gonna beat them is themselves. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, let's go on to the Sixers Nets. I mean, I don't know, this is kind of a boring series. <laughs> um the the Sixers just, you know, sweep the Nets. I feel like this Nets roster is obviously not built for the playoffs. They kind of just found themselves there. It was kind of a weirdly like low scoring series. Like I couldn't tell if it was like the Sixers defense like going crazy or the Nets like offense just not being there. Cause like the most points they scored in a game was 101. They scored 80 points in or 84 and 88 in games two and four, which is just hella weird. Um, overall though, I mean, the story is I feel like James Harden played like well. Um, which is like, you know, what you want to see. I feel like sometimes it's kind of hard to tell what you'll get out of him in the playoffs. I think he had a pretty good series. Um, so I think that's good for them. But I guess the main concern now goes to this Joel Embiid injury, which they talked about it. Um, they're saying that he'll be like fifty uh like fifty percent, you know, full strength for this series. But like to me that's crazy because they've already been out for like uh, they've already been off for like a week now. It feels like, right? Almost like, if not a week, like four or five days at least. By the time game two, by the time game one starts, they'll have nine days of rest. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, and then he's still fifty percent after that. And then it's like it seems like some like real like actual injury, right? Yeah, um, I think it's an MCL yeah. sprain or LCL, LCL sprain, one of those seals. Yeah, that'll be annoying. I mean, for like, yeah, I mean, I don't. Do you have anything on like the Nets side? I mean, this team was, like, the worst playoff team probably to ever exist in the last, like, 30 years, I think. Like, because, yeah, because, like, they, this roster is, like, a lottery team, right? This current roster is a lottery team. 
they just yeah. had 35 wins from KD and Kyrie. And like the rest of the East just couldn't catch up at that point. Because when KD and Kyrie were on the team and whatever, they were the two seed, right? So they yeah. built up enough of a gap up until the halfway point to like, all right, just like survive. And I mean, like, honestly, like credit to them for just hanging on and not letting Miami or Atlanta catch them in the sixth spot. Like they won a couple games here and there. They got the tiebreak over Miami. So they're able to just hold on to the six six spot. But again, like that roster was not a playoff yeah. roster. And I mean, I think saw- they surprised some people towards the end of the year, but it's really hard to tell with teams like towards the end of the year because like they start getting tired. Like some teams start resting players, like some yeah. teams just like are out of it mentally. So Yeah, exactly. So um and I mean I I thought they would steal a game or two. I, I was not even close because I really underestimated, overestimated Jack Vaughn's coaching because, <laughs> like, if you're watching this series, bro, it's very simple. Like, a star player, you double team the star player, make the star player like not score the ball. Joel Embiid, like, like, uh, they they would either leave him one on one or they would send the doubles at the worst time. And like, the double they would be sending, they would be sending it from Harden. They'd be sending it from Maxi. You don't do that. You send a double from a guy like PG Tucker, from a guy like Forkan Korkmaz, from a guy like Paul Reed. But no, they signed the doubles from the from the wrong player. Of course, Joel has an easy pass to these guys. So like he doesn't doesn't know. I don't know if the Nets doesn't know how to double. He doesn't know how to double. Like it's a very <laughs> simple concept to double the star player and force it to go to someone else. But they, they didn't know how to do that. It's probably the worst defense I've ever seen on Joel Embiid. And the fact yeah. that he only scored twenty points is just like actually surprising. Um, he didn't play game four, of course. And like it was a very physical series. Like game three, especially like people are like kicking each other in the balls here, left and right. You know, like <laughs> and then. James Harden is like tapping each other in the balls, you know. Like it was just a crazy series, a very physical series. I think they made it That's hard such on a them. Weird makeup call though. Like they should have ejected Embiid for his thing, but then I feel like because they didn't, they're like on looking on the prowl for it, and then they ejected Harden, who in my opinion shouldn't have been ejected for that. Yeah, it wasn't as Definitely bad like as a makeup call. Embiid. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. Embiid didn't get suspended, and that's where the injury just magically came away. But um, <laughs> like yeah, it was a very physical series. But like I think any. Any contender would have loved to have this playoff team. I mean, have the Nets as their first-round opponent. That would have been a very easy one. But, yeah, I, I mean, there's not really much to take from the series. Like, it was a sweep. Maybe uh, some people expected a sweep. Some people expected one or two games here or there. But, like, it I probably just, expected at least one, but I don't know. Because yeah. I just thought the Sixers would do some dumb shit, but they Yeah, did. I mean, credit to the Sixers. They didn't really have a ch- – they really – they tried their best to do dumb shit, but they, the Nets just aren't that good to take advantage of it. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to preview the Sixers uh, Celtics series? We might. We already just went through. Or did you want to wait until? Do you want to do that, or do you want to finish the recaps first, or then go to the end? How do you feel? Uh, I don't know. I, since we just talked about them, we might as well just finish it up right here. Sixers Celtics. Okay. So, I mean, so Celtics have three and one against the Sixers, um, in this season so far, and Celtics played them in 2018. Uh, they won four one. Played them in 2019. Uh, 2020. One for nothing without Ben Simmons, though. Um, this is like a team that that's notably known that the Celtics have dominated in the years past. I do think this is the best roster the Sixers have had since 2019, like with the Jimmy Butler Sixers. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I agree with that. And especially with the merge of Tyrese Maxey with um, just James Harden as well. You're not getting prime James Harden, but you're getting somewhat of a version of him, right? They've had a great season, 54 wins. They were the two seed for like 20 minutes. You know, like they, like, you know, they... Um, Joel Embiid, you're obviously you're probably going to be your MVP. You know they are a much better team than they were in years prior, and I think this will be a really physical series. I expect like 
Joel to get ejected, Marcus Smart to get injected. Like someone, <laughs> someone's getting suspended for this series. PJ Tucker's getting injected. Like this, it's gonna be a very, very physical series. Like uh, I would not be surprised if like guys miss a couple games here and there. Like someone's getting hurt. Like it's gonna be rough, man. Um, I don't know. As from my perspective, as a fan, uh, I've never really been worried about the Sixers. I just, it's, I just can't take them seriously. In the sense of like that whole narrative, they, if they can't get the conference finals, but also did like it just they're very easy to guard because Embiid is not he's not he, they always play drop coverage and like similar to the Bucks on defense and Embiid is always known to always play drop coverage and the Celtics are the number one team in the league of taking advantage of drop coverage defenses so there's like if off a of pick and roll if Embiid's gonna step back it's there's easy shots for uh, Jason and, and Jalen and the issue is okay who's gonna guard Embiid no one's guarding Embiid. But who's the secondary guy? You're looking for a Tyrese Maxey step up. You're looking for a James Harden to step up. How much do you trust James Harden? If this is prime James Harden, this is a lot closer series. If this was, like, if Tyrese Maxey was that guy, then this is a lot closer series. But he's not playing that way for six games. Tobias Harris is probably, like, the worst fourth option in the NBA history. <laughs> and, like, you say, okay, how, if, uh, like, how do you guard Embiid? You, you can let Embiid go off whatever he needs to do. Who else is stepping up is the question. You know, like that's the question. And I think also Boston has bodies to throw at Embiid. They have a Robert Williams. They have an Al Horford. They have a Grant Williams. They have a Blake Griffin. You know, just throw bodies just to make them tired. The question I want to throw back at people, just in general, who's guarding Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Like that's 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 the issue. You, you don't have the wings. I, I don't want to hear the whole P.T. Tucker, Tobias Harris nonsense. They're not guarding the Jays. You know, so like I think on paper, the Celtics have a better roster. I think the Celtics have a better coach. And I think uh, the Boston wins this in six. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with everything that you're saying. Um, as for, like, my prediction, I don't know. I, I think, like, the whole thing about this series, though, is that, like, the Sixers, I, I feel bad for them because I feel like if they were matched up on the other side of the bracket, that's, like, a clear opportunity for them to at least make the East Finals. And then, like, once they get there, like, I don't know, maybe they have confidence or something. But... I don't know. Like, the thing is, I feel like I know they did sweep the Nets, but I don't know, like, how good their players are feeling. You know what I mean? Because I think, like, I guess you talk a lot about, like, the technical aspect of basketball, but just, like, the Sixers playing the Celtics team has, like, a mental... It's, like, a mental hurdle that they have to overcome, right, to beat, like, the Celtics. It's, like, their mentality going into that and, like, their confidence going into that series has to be, like, pristine for them to have a chance. Like, they have to think, like, oh, yeah, like, we're on fire right now. Like, we're on top of the world. Like, like Embiid is our MVP, and then but then like I don't know the way that they beat the Nets. I know that they did sweep them, but then like to lose Embiid to that injury, like I feel like that like having your best player be like fifty percent right now. I guess we're we're not a hundred percent sure if he's gonna play game one, but just to have your best player, uh, you know, like be like a little bit. I think that just instills doubt in your team when your best player is hurt like that. And I I, I agree. I don't think they have like the second or third piece in like Harden or Maxi. I mean, I think Harden and Maxi will each have like one game this series where they like pop up for sure. But I don't know. I mean, James Harden's like playoff scoring has been like ridiculous. Like I said, he had a good series against the Nets. He did average like 17, 8, and 5. But like he's still shooting like 34% from the field. I guess like the good thing is he's shooting 42% from three, which, you know, obviously matters a lot more. But still like 34 from the field is like terrible. That pretty much means he's only like hitting his threes. And he's like smoking everything else in like the mid range and like in the like at the rim. So like I don't really see how he can generate enough offense. But 
at the same time, I do agree with you. I think Embiid will be a problem. I think a lot of it depends on how healthy he actually is. Like, I, I haven't seen him play yet with his injury. So, like, I, I'm curious. But, like, I don't know. If he's not healthy, like, I could see it ending in, like, five games where you just have, like, one game where, like, Harden and or Maxi like, go crazy. Um, but if he's, like, some, if he's, like, playable and, like, not, like, you know, like, lumbering around everywhere, I think it'll probably end in six. Uh, I agree with, with Boston winning. What Philly does best on offense and defense is what Boston does well to guard it. That's the issue. Like I said, yeah. like, and like the way the thing, the Philly, the things that Philly do does bad is what Boston takes advantage of. And like, they don't like it's the question is how much can you slow down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? Like is PJ Tucker enough to slow them down? Is Tobias Harris enough to slow them down? Like, that's the question. I don't think that they are like, that's, that's the issue. Like if this was just Jalen or this is just Jason, then yeah, I think you have the better play on beat is going to win. But like, uh, I feel like Embiid has to go off for like forty-five, just for them to be in the game, like just for it to be a close game and them to have a, them to win this game. If if he scores forty-five, then all right, uh, hats off to you, like you're gonna win the series. But I just don't see him averaging forty-five points a game for this whole series. You know, like maybe yeah. game one, game two, but we've known Embiid's track history. Like he's not a guy that can keep up for seven games, and then the second player on this team is a guy that has the same track issue that they can't keep it up for a whole series. And then the third guy is the coach who has the same track record, who doesn't, he was known for not keeping up leads in the series and gets worse and worse. The series goes on. So like my question back to you is, okay, like okay, it's a mental thing. The Celtics own the Sixers, but eventually you expect, okay, the Sixers will get over the hump. That's just kind of what happens. It's kind of how life works, right? Eventually you keep trying, you keep trying and you get over the hump. Why can't this, this year be that year? I mean, I think it's because I think it's what you mentioned. I think it's because Doc Rivers is the coach, man. Yeah. Um, I think like if you had like a really, really good coach, they could be creative enough with this roster to like present some challenges to the Celtics. But I really do feel like Doc Rivers, like he probably has like a like a good game plan to like start off with. But yeah, but the issue happens is when the other team like starts adjusting and like starts like doing things that are different. And after that, like, I feel like he's really slow to adjust or he's just, like, stubborn and sticks with his original, like, thing. And, like, I mean, that's why they've lost, like, so many series, right? Like, when he has, like, a 2-0 lead or whatever. Like, that has to be in the coaching somehow. So, I think, like, that's, like, part of the problem, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still think it'll be, like, a fun series just because, you know, it's, like, a rivalry. So, like, both both teams will be gunning hard for each other. Um, I agree. I think it'll be, like, a tough, like, physical series. I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, a low-scoring, like, type where they just, like, you know, it's like grinded out, like defensive, like hella physical, like lots of fouling and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I just think like Boston is too good. Like they just have too many options, like defensively. Like I think Al Horford and Rob Williams can both probably do like a like a decent job on uh, on Joel and beat to start with. But then also like yeah, like like you said, just like being able to double with like Tatum or Brown, um, or like even yeah, you can even throw Grant Williams in there. Like I, I'm pretty sure he'll get some run in this series. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think they just have too much options defensively to counteract this team. But I don't know. I guess I want to see if the like I I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers like maybe steal like game one or two just because yeah. like they've been resting for mad long, right? So I don't know. You could always have like that one where like the Celtics are traveling back and forth. Like one day they're just tired and have like a bad shooting night or something. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it's one one going back to Philly. Um, but then I I think the Celtics will come through. And just like you know, assert their dominance over the Sixers. This should be Boston in five, but I think because like they're going to blow a lead and they're going to choke a game, it'll be Boston in six. 
Like I said, I think yeah. there'll be one game that Philly wins outright, and there'll be one game that just Boston just chokes it, and then it's gonna end in six. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. So let's go on to the next series. Uh, on kind of like another stunner too here. The Cavs just destroyed the Knicks. Um, or sorry, the Knicks just destroyed the Cavs. They win in five games. Um, I don't know, man. I thought this Knicks defense was pretty insane. Um, I think they did a great job. Like, I know Donovan Mitchell had his moments here and there, but I think the one thing, like, the main takeaways from this series is, uh, what's his face? Uh, sorry. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley, I just feel like they were not ready to play in this series at all. Um, and I feel like the Knicks kind of, like, feasted on them, you know? Like, Mitchell Robinson had games where he destroyed both Mobley and Jared Allen, which is insane because, like, they're both, like, Pro Bowl. Like, one is actually a Pro Bowler. The other one, like, everyone thinks is going to be a Pro Bowler. And everyone thinks Evan Mobley can win, like, a defensive player of the year at some point. But I thought Mitchell Robinson kind of bullied them on the boards. And I don't know. Like, I just – I feel like they don't really have, like, an offensive bag at all for Allen and Mobley. Like, they just – like, they kind of just do, like, these post-up, like, touch, like, hook shots and stuff like that if they're not getting dunks. And if you're, like, physical with them, I feel like that really throws them off and they just, like, can't score virtually at that point. I think the main issue in this was just offense, offense, offense. They couldn't really get that much going on offense. Um, and I feel like they weren't ready, you know. I, I, I also thought Tom Thibodeau destroyed, like, J.B. Bickerstaff coaching-wise. Um, I thought he put on a clinic, honestly, like – his substitutions and like whatever lineups he found that worked against them, I thought they just kind of destroyed them. And I, I was shocked. Like they they didn't even have Julius Randle, right? I think in the last game, he like got hurt and left. And then pretty much the the Knicks still ended up winning. Um, I thought like uh RJ Barrett stepped up towards the end, even though he was like really poor in the first couple games. Jalen Brunson was awesome throughout the whole series. Josh Hart had an insane impact. Like, everyone on the Knicks, like, you could just see, like, every single player making an impact, like, from Hartenstein to whoever the hell else, like, on their team. Like, they all just came out, and they are all just ready to play. Um, and obviously, like, quickly as well. Obi Toppin, even. Like, they, they just all were, like, so composed. And I, I agree. I think, like, this is one where, like, the coach, like, just kind of destroyed J.B. Bickerstaff. And all, like, all the Knicks players were just so confident, definitely, from their coach. I think this is a series where I very underestimated like the difference in experience because besides uh, Donovan Mitchell, who else on the Cavs has experience in the playoffs? Like no one, right? I mean, like Teddy Osmond going to the going to the finals with LeBron. I'm not counting that, you know. And like Word. the coach, the coach itself, he was assistant coach. He was the coach <laughs> of the Grizzlies who weren't, when they weren't that good. He was assistant coach of the Cavs before that. He became the head coach, so he's never really had experience himself. And it's only Donovan Mitchell who has been to a conference finals. And then you look at the other side. You have Jalen Brunson who's been to the conference finals as well. You have other guys who've been to, like, at least they've had one round of experience. They've played the first round. RJ Barrett, Julius Randle two years ago against the Hawks. They've had somewhat of experience. So just that was a difference. And, like, yeah, I agree with what you said. Like, they didn't have a – the Cavs don't have a three, which we knew. But yeah. like, this is the first team that was able to exploit it. And, like, that half-court offense was abysmal. Like, but if the Cavs weren't scoring on fast break, they were not scoring at all. Like, if if, if it wasn't a Mitchell ISO, they don't, they're not scoring the ball. And, like, Mitchell Robinson did a great job like, guarding the Twin Towers. Like, he made them look like whatever the opposite of Towers are. Like, uh, <laughs> like they were able, he was able to slow down Mobley. Not even slow down. He was able to shut them down. You know, they just – they didn't have any, like, big-to-big man chemistry that I've seen with other teams that have, like, uh, big man. Uh, I, I don't know if a double big lineup works in the playoffs. I think it's a very 
fun regular season thing you can do. But I think it's very exploitable in the playoffs, especially if you don't adjust. Like, that's one thing. Like, okay, big the double, double big line was a work for the first three games. Make the adjustment. They didn't, they didn't adjust, you know? Like, they still went double yeah. big. So, and there just wasn't enough spacing for Donovan Mitchell. Like, that offense was so clogged up. Like, like him only scoring 23 points a game in a series, that's insane. Like, we always expect Donovan Mitchell to go off for at least 30 in every, every series of plays he plays in. So, like, yeah. Jared Brunson's 2-0 <laughs> against Donovan Mitchell, man. And, like, I don't... Neither of us saw this coming, and... The world did. Like, the Knicks were actually favored in this. So, like, um, I mean, this is a 4-5. So, they are very they are very close teams. And, like, props to the Knicks, man. Like, they proved me wrong. And, like, they're a threat to be reckoned with. I can, I can respect them. Yeah, I think their lack of offense really showed, at least for the Cavs. And you're right. The main position is that three. Yeah, they don't have, like, any good forward. Um, like, you know, I think Isaac Okoro is, like, their penciled-in starter. But he can't really, I don't know, his shooting has been suspect. And he can't really do anything else other than that either. Um, like there was they didn't play Dean Wade. They have like some Lamar Stevens guy. I think their best like three is probably like Chetty Osman, right? Um, that's a problem. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like the main problem. Um, I, I agree. I think the Knicks they did a great job in this. Um, I I don't know. I think, yeah, I I don't know. Dad, they just they just out toughed them for sure too. I thought it was yeah. a lot of toughness and physical, and they were able to crowd the paint like really well, and like kind of just make it like crowded. And I don't, yeah, I think the the Cavs need like some more experience and like some more wings. But I don't know, like this kind of like illuminates the question like oh like did they just do the same thing as the Hawks where they like traded for like Dejounte like too early and like now like they don't have like minimal they don't have that many assets and stuff like that going forward. So I don't know, it's just like another question or something to think about. Um, but do you want to preview the uh, what is it Knicks Heat Knicks Heat next? Yeah, we could do uh, Knicks Heat. So, yeah, you can start. Go ahead. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Knicks, he, I mean, I don't know. I think this is going to be, like, even a more, like, f- physical and defensive series than what we talked about with the uh, uh, Celtic Sixers. I think both te- – honestly, it's such an even – it's, like, a pretty even matchup, I like, to me. The only thing is, I don't know, I guess, like – I think RJ Barrett is really going to be tested in this series because he's. I'm assuming like that's the guy they'll put on uh, Jimmy Butler first. So like, for him to guard like Jimmy and then also like produce an offense, like this is probably going to be one of the moments where he has had like the most spotlight in his career on him. Um, I think Jalen Brunson is going to be awesome. I'm interested to see like if Bam like guards Julius Randle. I guess we don't even know his status for the series. I think that kind of matters too. Like I think you need his offense. Um, at the end of the day. Like, I think it'll be a very, very defensive series. Um, I don't know, man. I think this is a toss-up, too. But I still think that, like, the Heat had, like, some insane shooting series. Like, if you see, like, Jimmy Butler's stats, like, he shot, like, I think, like, I think he was shooting, like, 40 or 50% from, like, three and then, like, over 60% from the field. So I just, like, don't, like, I know he's, like, easily going to be probably, like, the best player in the series. But I just, like, don't know, like, how long he can continue that for. And I feel like the Knicks are might be, like, a little bit better equipped at at least shutting down whatever he was doing in the paint. Now, if he's, like, still killing them on, like, mid-range and threes, like, then it's, like, unstoppable. But I don't know. I still think the Knicks have, like, more bodies, like, defensively. Um, and then I, I think, like, at least I think they'll be a little bit more prepared to, to guard Jimmy Butler and this Heat team. And then I, I just like think like their role players might be a little bit better. 
So I think for this one, if I had to predict, I think I'll go like Knicks in six, even though I might be dumb for choosing against Jimmy Butler, who might be the he's probably the best player in this series. Yeah, I mean Jimmy Butler averaged thirty seven points a game in the last series. I don't think that's gonna keep up. Yeah, um, that's insane. I, I'm not saying it was a fluke. Like he could definitely do it, but it's hard to keep that up at that level of play. And I think um it was more the heat taking advantage of an injury plus like the mental uh detrimentation of a team and they just you know took over and i think the knicks not to see either of these teams are better than the bucks in the regular season at least like the bucks were the best team in the regular season but like um uh yeah like i think the like the knicks in general they have like you said there's a lot more bodies that they could throw and like a lot more bodies that are actually like usable like they're not going to be like the like the heat won't be facing a pat connington or joe ingles on the on the offensive side yeah they're gonna have like an obi Toppin or quentin grimes you know, those kind of guys, like, getting in their faces, even, like, whatever Julius Randle can make him work. So, I mean, like, no one expected this. It should have been Bucks Cavs, but it's not. And this is the NBA March Madness, and we're getting Knicks heat. And, like, I think the um, – I think the Knicks win in six. Yeah, I had the Knicks winning in six. Part of me hopes the win- Knicks win in six. I do not want to deal with Jimmy Butler in the conference finals. Um, I, uh, I, I do think the Knicks – I think Tom Thibodeau can – Get a lot more out of his guys because, uh, not to say that Spoke can't, but Spoke doesn't have much to work with. He already lost Tyler Hero and Oladipo for the series for the season, so yeah. like just losing those two, like I think the Tyler Hero issue is going to come to effect against a better offensive team because the, the the Heat won't be able to match up the offensive output coming from the Knicks. You know they were able to keep it up with the yeah. Bucks because the Bucks weren't scoring as much, but without your second best scorer, I don't don't I think Jimmy would have to probably average again thirty seven points a game. That Bucks crowd was also really ass, man. Yeah, MSV is like one of the loudest, I think. Uh, in the yeah, so the, that whole like crowd factor will be coming in crazy too. But yeah, and and they have home court advantage, like you know, like the yeah. Knicks have home court advantage, which is like a, another thing. Not that I'm bothered Miami last round, but like I think, I think it'll definitely be a very close series, and like, I can even see see it going seven in Miami. I mean, sorry, and the Knicks winning in seven. Honestly, no, I would go. I honestly go Knicks in seven. Knicks in seven, yeah. but like, uh, yeah, I just don't know if the Knicks can pull it out of Miami. Because I forgot they had home court. I think probably Knicks in seven. To be this is insane to me that one of Miami or New York Knicks is going to be going to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I never would have predicted that. Uh, this uh, this feels this feels very much like um, 2012. Uh, the the Chicago Bulls, you know, Rose, Derrick Rose got injured. They lose to the eight seed. The two seed, uh, LeBron lost to the lost in the finals last year. Right. Once he gets yeah. upset, it's the four versus the eight seed. In this case, five versus eight seed. Whatever the four seed ends up winning, and they play the two seed in the playoffs. They play the Celtics play the LeBron Heat, who just lost in the finals last year. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. Celtics lost in the finals last year. Two seed, you know they're gonna they're, <laughs> they're, they're gonna play a non one seed team in the conference finals, and then they get there and then they win the championship. So it's very so much looking like that. Hella dots connecting. Yeah, so hella dots. I'm hoping and praying, man. Everything I gotta do. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the Nuggets Timberwolves. I mean, I feel like there's not much to discuss in this series. Um, I thought the Timberwolves kind of just flamed out here. Like they had good performances from Anthony Edwards throughout the series. I thought he played well. Um, that one win he had in Game Four was pretty tough. I think he had like some dagger like jumper from three in overtime. I feel like, but other than that, I mean, I thought the Nuggets exposed almost every single issue you could have with this Timberwolves team. Like, I don't really know how Cat and Rudy Gobert work in this offense together. I thought it was way too easy for the Nuggets to exploit them. 
I thought they obviously Jokic played very well. I thought Jamal Murray also went crazy, which is a great sign if you're a Nuggets fan. Um, I don't know, man. It seemed too easy for them to win this series because even in I think even in game four, right? Like they had like a 15 point lead and they choked it and then it ended up going to overtime and then they won in overtime or something like that. Um, then game five, the the Nuggets like you know barely win, but still. Um, I don't know. I think this is like what you expect a one versus eight seed matchup to look like. Where like the one seed is just kind of like destroying them. And then the eight seed, I guess they might come up with one win here or there. But you can just clearly see like one of the teams has like a ton of issues to resolve. And I don't really know what they do. If I'm the Timberwolves, I'm probably trying to trade Carl Anthony Towns and see what I can get back for him. At this point, I don't think anyone is taking Rudy Gobert for like any sort of asset. Um, I would just try to trade Cat and build around Ant and see see what you can get for him. Yeah, talk about the DeJounte trade being a mess. Talk about the, the Spider trade being a mess. This is the biggest mess of them all. And like this is what a one eight seed Bucks take some notes. This is what the one eight seed should be. A very just dominant one seed wins and against this uh, inferior team. But uh yeah, like this is this is not this is very similar to the Sixers net series. Like it was just one team is just a lot better than the other. I think we might be very severely underrating the Nuggets itself. They play very good, Jokic is unstoppable, and like the Timberwolves kind of had the same issue they had last year. They just didn't have enough to guard anyone. Like, even getting the addition of Rudy Gobert, they couldn't yeah. guard Jokic and Murray. You know, last year they couldn't guard Ja and, and Desmond Bain. This year they couldn't guard both of these guys. And for as much like Ant did, it wasn't enough, obviously. They only won one game, and barely they won that game. Like, this is as dominant as you can get. And I don't think... Um, to fix this team, honestly, man, I feel like you just have to... It's time to trade Cat. Like, time to let go of Cat and full-on go build around Ant. And whenever you can get rid of Rudy, you get rid of Rudy. But you just got to go fill out, uh, build it all around Ant. Deadass, yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, yeah, let's... I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even have much on the series because... It, this Me this neither. is basically the Sixers Nets series, but even worse. Yeah. Let's go on to Suns Clippers. Um, I mean, I feel bad for, like, the Clippers because I, I kind of agree with you. Like, I... I remember you were saying, like, oh, you were confident the Clippers could win this, but they just kind of got destroyed by injuries. Kawhi has a torn meniscus. Um, Paul George never came back. It was pretty much just Russell Westbrook and the Clippers versus the Suns. And shout out to Russell Westbrook, man. I thought he had a great series. He had, I think he averaged, like, what, like 26, like 7 and 8. And he had a couple of insane games. Like, I think he had 37 points with, like, no free throws shot. I think that's only been done, like, once in NBA history. He shot, like, 35 40% from three like he, he was just vintage Russell Westbrook like this is what we haven't seen for like since like 2018 maybe um so I think it's really encouraging for him I think the Suns just took advantage but I give a lot of credit to Devin Booker and KD I thought they were just insane like no matter what the Clippers tried to do they could not defend those guys obviously they didn't have Paul George and uh Kawhi to like make it more difficult but, like, I don't know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were, like, surgical throughout this series. Um, I thought any time the Clippers made, like, any sort of run, the ball would just go to Devin Booker. He would just, you know, make his move in the mid-range or make his move from three. He would hit a shot and kind of, like, quiet it down. And that was just, like, what the whole series felt like. Um, I give credit to the Clippers, man. They fought till the end. Like, they fought very hard, even in all the games that they missed. Um, they only lost by, like, what, five points, 12 points, and then six points. So, I think that's very impressive on their side. But... I don't know. I think their future is looking pretty bleak because you have Kawhi with another injury. You have Paul George coming back from injury. Um, I think they'll try to re-sign Russell Westbrook. I feel like this is where Russell Westbrook would come back. But I don't know. I mean, he might make more money elsewhere considering how well he played here. Um, 
so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, what were your thoughts on this series? See, I, I I'm not as high in, as the Suns as you are, and I think this this series makes it even worse. I know they won the series, but I feel like you didn't have a top ten player in the NBA, a top fifteen player in the NBA, and you only won the games by thirteen, five, twelve, and six. So I don't know how much of it is like the Suns, and you had thirty eight points from Devin Booker, and you had whatever thirty points from Kevin Durant, and you barely won these games. So I don't know how much of it is like the Suns aren't that good, or the Clippers really, really played hard. And I understand they really did play hard. But this is a this is a series where once Kawhi goes out, you should be winning these games by 15, at least have a lead of 15, 20 points. They never even seem to have a, a stretch where they're up 15, 20. The games are always close, you know. So I, I didn't see like there should have been a gap. There's a huge talent gap on the Sun side. So I mean, props to them. I just don't know how confident you can be as a Suns fan moving forward because like you you could say you struggled against a very inferior team uh, because I don't this this. Clippers roster, like without Kawhi PG, might have been worse than the, the Timberwolves or the Nets. It's, it's on that level. For as much as Westbrook did, like roster wise on paper, they didn't really have much to work with. So, I mean, yeah, props to Westbrook. Like, I hope everything works out for him. On this pod, we're all Westbrook lovers and supporters. Hey, but you think um, he should stay even for less no. money? Uh, for less money, no. I, I think yeah. the Clippers have way, they have way too many problems. Um, yeah, so I you mean, think as well, you go to some other team then. Yeah, I think it'd be a lot better utilized. I don't I, like on a an actual contender. Like Damn. I think Miami, I think Miami could use him really well moving forward. Yeah, I mean Miami was yeah. one of the buyout. Like it was, with, I think he was deciding between Miami and the Clippers, but probably that Paul George and Kawhi influence. Or probably just want, not wanting to leave in the middle of the season. Like yeah, that too. I mean, his yeah. kids and family are in LA. Yeah. I think that's an ideal situation for him. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll as far as the Clippers go, man, I just feel like it's it's been four years now, like. You can run him back one more year, but, like, I don't know. Like, th- they had the roster. They had the talent. I was a big believer. I had to go into the finals if everyone was healthy. They weren't healthy. So, and that's that's my fault for believing they could be healthy. I, you know, like, how many more times can you ask these guys to be healthy? Because it's like a what if, what if, what if, what if. Eventually, yeah. the what if is just this is the reality. Like, they're not going to be healthy. The Kawhi thing, I think he tore his meniscus, I think. So, yeah. now next year is probably in jeopardy, right? Like, he's probably not playing next year or a lot of yeah. it. Yeah. So, like, how many more years can you go through this, man? Like, it's it's ridiculous. And, like, the the, the trade for Shea, I mean, the, the Shea trade was right. It was the right trade to make in the moment. But in retrospect now, like, it just seems like it was utter failure because you couldn't even get to the finals any of these years. And, like, it sucks, man. Like, it's, a lot of talent just wasted. And I feel like they're probably a year away from blowing it up. But they should do it next year. But they probably won't. But, um, yeah, it's not looking good for them. Yeah. I mean, we can discuss like the tax apron rules and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So basically in the new CBA, um, you know, if your team is above the second tax apron, meaning your 17.5 million over the luxury line, you have some insane restrictions. Um, so this is like literally the league saying that they don't want teams like the Bucks, Clippers and Warriors um, just to pay their way for a championship. Right. They want more parity in the league. So this is the the limitations that you face. You can't use your taxpayer mid-level, which is actually like the main weapon that all these contending teams use to sign free agents. You can't sign any buyout players. Um, You also can't take more money back in trades than you trade out. So you can't have an increase in salary. Um, You also can't aggregate players for a trade, right? So you, if you want to get some player who's like 20 million, who makes 20 million, 
you can't like pull together like two dudes and make like 10 million and one other dude makes 15 and five. You can't, you also can't do that. And there's also another crazy one, dude, where um, it has something to do with draft picks. I'm not too sure. So I don't want to like misspeak, but essentially what happens is like, if you, uh, if you stay in this luxury tax apron and you're like, I think what, what happens at some point is the first round picks that you trade out, they go to like the end of the, uh, they go to like the end of the first round or something like that. So I guess what are your what are your thoughts on all these rules? I mean, this applies to the Clippers and the Bucks. I think it'll be hard for them, man, to keep like contending. Like they're pretty much locked into whatever teams they currently have. It'll be an issue for the Clippers, the Bucks, like the Celtics, like all these big all these big name teams, Lakers as well. But at least like the Clippers and Bucks are in a worse situation because I think on um I think the issue is that like um Damn, I lost my train of thought. But like the Clippers and Bucks is like, like like they didn't do they didn't perform well in the playoffs. Like one team flamed out, another team just has injury after injury. So yeah, like keeping these guys is gonna be an issue. Like when it comes to Chris and Giannis and everything else, you know. And the same thing with PG and Kawhi. Yeah. Like what decision do you make? So yeah, I mean, even as a Celtics fan, I'm kind of worried about this. It's gonna affect us like in the moving f- future with like just keeping Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But yeah, like I, I don't yeah. like it's good for I mean, the league. I don't league, think it'll affect keeping the stars. It'll be like the edge moves that I think it'll make a huge difference. But like, that's what be, makes like, stars your role players. But that's what makes stars stars though, because like you yeah. need role play. You could you need role players to make the stars shine, right? Yeah, to be what they are. So if you can't build around the edge of the roster, like we see with the Bucks, like they didn't have anything else to build. They didn't have any depth. Like Boss Man ninety nine wasn't that depth, you know. So like. Like you know, if a team like that, they already don't have depth, and now they're even more restricted. What do you do? And the Clippers had all this depth, but they couldn't use it because they didn't have the stars playing. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's good for the league. I think a lot of small teams could take advantage of this, and like like they'll be a lot more closer in the parity. Like there'll be a lot more parity in the league. Like yeah, you know, so it's good, dude. Like just to think about it in retrospect, the the KD trade, the Suns wouldn't have been able to make it under these new rules. Yeah. It's, I mean, basically every star trade in the last, whatever, 10, 15 years wouldn't have happened either, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's some that could have, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think it's every, but there's, like, a lot that, that might not have happened. Damn. But, yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, this is the new NBA. Like, this is, like, going to happen. for This is in place for, like, the next seven years. So if it's, like, too egregious, I guess we'll see. But I don't know. I'm all for it, man. The, the Warriors, they wouldn't have been able to sign KD with these rules. <laughs> and so there's the like four... a lot of yeah go on no no, no. I, I was uh, three of the four guys that decided on this was Celtics because Malcolm Brogdon is president Jalen Brown and Grant Williams are treasurer and vice president <laughs> so three of the four main guys that decided is all on one team I'm dead yeah they all I mean they agree I mean it's a compromise right so they go back and forth between the owners yeah um but clearly like the league wants uh like the the league wants more competition, so if it's if it's for competition, I'll, I'm all for it. Um, I think like the better GMs of the league, like whatever, like Sam Presti, like he'll probably analyze these rules and like figure out like the biggest advantage. So if you have a good GM, I wouldn't be too worried. But I don't know if you've had an expensive team as of late, then I think that's where it gets a little bit concerning because you might not be able to wiggle your way out, or you might be locked into your current roster. Um, but yeah, I mean it's interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, CJ so McCollum is president. CJ McCollum is president. Grant Williams is first vice president, and then Brogdon and Jalen Brown are other vice presidents. What the hell is the first okay. vice president for? <laughs> I don't know why Grant Williams is first vice president. I'm dead. Um, but yeah, let's let's actually preview the the last series. I guess it's Nuggets, uh, Suns, right? Um, yeah. And then we can touch on the other two series later if that's cool with you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. 
Good right, over yeah, here. let's yeah. do uh Suns Nuggets. I mean, uh, dude, I don't know. This is, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see though, because if you're if you're the Nuggets perspective, like you have to look at this year and think, dude, this is ours for the taking. Like, I really cannot think of a better year for the Nuggets to just be like, okay, like this is our time to make a run to the finals. Like when you have a team like the Nuggets where you have like one insanely good player like you only have one year where you could get like really lucky like maybe you face some injuries i think they got really lucky that they're not facing like a clippers team um with like paul george and Kawhi. like they they dodged that instead they're facing the suns who maybe they're better than the fifth seed but also like this team has been together for all of like two weeks now and they also don't have any sort of depth so if you have any hope if you have like any trust in your role players um winning and then like i don't know dude like, do you, I, I really trust, like, like DeAndre Ayton is going to have to play one of the greatest series of his lives, I think, to win this. And if not, like, dude, I think Jokic was just going to eat him up. I, he, he might eat him up regardless. Like, I don't know if it, even know if it really matters. And then, like, when you look at guard defenders, like, who, like, the Jamal Murray, like, he has free reign, man. Like, he, I guess Devin Booker can play good defense when he locks in. But, like, him and that, like, Jokic, like, pick and roll, like, I think that has potential to cause, like, a ton of problems for the Suns. At the same time, I don't really know. Like, I still feel like just having Devin Booker and KD as a combo is pretty insane. Um, it's really hard for me to predict this series, but I want to get your thoughts before I, before I choose a, a winner here. If this, if like I said, if the Suns did better in that Clippers series, I think I'd be leaning more to the Suns. Just the way these two th- teams dominated their last series, um, it's just it just shows a lot for me. Like, I feel like like the, the and like I just feel like the Suns depth is just not there, and I feel like the Nuggets are a pretty deep team. And they could throw a bunch of guys off the bench off you. Like, even just a guy like Bruce Brown, he's better than the whole Suns bench combined. You know? So, like, <laughs> just guys like that. And, like, again, like, how do you guard Jokic? You know, how do you guard Jamal Murray? The same thing is, how do you guard Kevin Durant? How do you guard Devin Booker? Those four guys are going to have their series. They're going to go off. It's the other pieces that matter. It's the Aaron Gordon. It's the Michael Porter Jr. It's the Torrey Craigs. It's the Chris Pauls. Oh, these guys are going to step up when it matters most. And that's the difference. Yeah. I feel like right DeAndre now. DeAndre Ayton is huge, man. He's huge. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, and I, I feel like I trust the Nuggets role players more than I true trust the trust the Suns. Because the Suns shouldn't have been here. The Suns should have honestly fallen out and be a lottery team. They got they they finessed a trade that shouldn't have worked now, but they got a trade. They got one of the greatest scores of all time. And like um we've seen like series where like you can throw a bunch of bodies at Kevin Durant and make him work and make it hard for him. And it's it's I feel like they can definitely do that in this series. And I feel like the Nuggets aren't known for their defense. But, like, I feel like they have the guys to throw at the Suns. And I'm not saying this is a very easy for, pick for me, but I, I'm going with Nuggets in seven. I think just it'll, it's going to come down to the wire. But I think eventually, like, especially having home court advantage, it kind of seems like their year with, like, everyone kind of falling away, everyone kind of falling apart in the West side of things. Um, yeah. And, like, this is a team that, honestly, like I said, shouldn't even be there. Suns shouldn't be the four seed. So, like, they are because they got Kevin Durant. They won those eight meaningless games in the regular season. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm going with Nuggets to seven, bro. Damn, uh, I I don't know, man. I mean, I I could see I could see it going either way. Uh, since I already picked the songs before, I think I'll stick with them. Um, I'll take Phoenix in seven. I don't know. I just feel like KD like adds like a whole another element to that team. And Devin Booker was on fire during that Clipper series, so I think he's going into the series like insanely confident. Um. But I would not be surprised if the Nuggets win this, man. I think out of all the teams, like, they have the pieces. They have the roster. It's just on them. Like, can they seize the moment? Because 
if they have like any chance to make the finals, like in any year of Jokic's run, I really don't see a better opportunity than this. When like you have like the Grizzlies who have like the John Morant injury, um, like the Warriors are like playing a longer series than they probably wanted to, even though they might wrap it up in six. Like the Warriors are gonna be a little bit tired by then, probably if they like get to the conference finals. I think I really think like if the Nuggets are gonna do it, like this is their year. Like they might not get a better chance than this, honestly. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I, I think I'll take Suns in uh, seven. Okay. But damn. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm hyped for this second round. Uh, there's still two ongoing series. We'll probably touch on them. Maybe in like a podcast, like next week, we can just do like a quick one when we we can just recap yeah. the Warriors uh, King series. Oh, yeah, I don't think those series the will start until like Tuesday. I don't think they'll start until like Tuesday. I think they'll, I don't think those like that series will start until like Tuesday at least. Okay. I think yeah. Time, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can probably do one maybe on Monday or something. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, but anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys in a bit.